Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Resiliency in Running podcast. My name is Liz, and I will be your host. I'm incredibly excited for today's episode because it's another pre-race day episode talking all about my A, B, and C goals, how the training went, and all the plans for race day itself. So just sit back and relax. We'll just jump right into the episode. All right. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm really excited for today's episode because we are officially four days out from ASICS 10K. It feels like it's just been so crazy in terms of like this year alone and all the different races that I've been doing. The last race that I technically did was Hackney Half, but I did race I sort of did a trial run at a parkrun 5k and got a new pb surprisingly but it was mostly to test out the 10k pace but definitely still felt like that sort of race feel and that was sort of the aim of that but that's sort of a little bit of a tangent um today's episode is just to chat all about how i'm feeling how i thought 10k training went because i have a lot of thoughts on that because it was my first official time doing like a proper training block for a 10k race i've never done one before and let's just say that it definitely humbled me um but i'll definitely go into more detail about that i'm going to talk about race day and what the plans are, what my A, B, and C goals are. But of course, before we get into that, let's start with some highs and lows for the week. All right, my high for the week is definitely that I just got back from a trip to Devon over the weekend and we did sort of a three-day trip away and it was honestly like the perfect thing that I needed in terms of like if you're just talking like getting out of London and just sort of getting a change of scenery but it was a really special trip because we were going to see where Gabriel grew up. It was so cool because coming from someone who has grown up in so many different parts of the world it was really cool to see that like on the opposite side of that like people also have like like there are people who grow up like on the same street or like you know in this town and it was so nice because like for me to be able to go and see like what is technically the childhood home that I grew up in would be quite a far trip and one that my brother actually did recently and he sent photos and he's sort of the one family member that lives the closest to our quote-unquote childhood home and it's always so interesting to see like from just pictures that he sends of what our childhood home looks like and trying to envision and imagine like where we grew up and playing as kids around the house and it was just really special to kind of see that from Gabriel's perspective and sort of his world and it was just a really special trip and I think anytime that I get to go and explore a new part of the UK I feel really lucky and fortunate because I think it's so cool to explore different parts of the country and there's more to the UK than just London and it was just a really beautiful, beautiful part of the country as well. I really enjoyed it. And I've already asked that we go back for like a week because I definitely want to go back and spend more time there. But I think it was just a really lovely way to get away and just unplug a bit and just really, you know, go to a new place and place that's definitely a lot less busy than London. And for me, mentally, that was just like the perfect thing that I needed. I think my low for the week is that I on the flip side and sort of almost like not really on the flip side but almost in relation to that I have discovered something with my therapist around just how busy I make myself and how I kind of like to keep myself going at all times and 
how that can kind of be a bad thing and kind of cause me to have these moments where I shut down or I just have these moments where I feel really burnt out. And unfortunately for me, I have these overarching standards that I am continuously working through. But I think one of the sort of issues with my overarching standards is that I don't feel successful unless I'm doing like a million things at once, which sounds counterproductive, but I, for some reason, just operate this way. And so I find that I have moments where I just feel really burnt out, but I think that I'm slowly but surely starting to call out these moments. And an example of that was over the weekend while we were in Devon. I tried to move my long run to Saturday rather than Sunday, but my legs were feeling super tired and super sore because I had done a really intense track session the day before. And the day before that, I did a really big leg day at the gym. And so you can only imagine that my legs are just incredibly tired. Not to mention last week, I just wasn't getting very good sleep. I was probably averaging around five to six hours a night, which I know is pretty terrible. And so I think my body was just very exhausted. And Saturday morning I woke up and I was trying to get myself into the mood and it just was not working. And just all the way up till the start. And especially at that point, I usually, even if I'm having a bad morning or I'm not in the mood, usually by the time I'm hitting start on my Garmin, I'm able to sort of get myself in the mood and get myself ready to go. But even by then, I just still wasn't feeling it. But me and my overarching standards tried to persevere on and the first three miles were horrible and I just did not feel good and Gabriel really helps me just try and like call that out and just say like I don't feel good like you know my body is clearly calling out and saying you don't want to do this run you don't feel good and why push yourself to finish this run when technically you've already done all the hard work for the 10k and there's no use in pushing myself and so we stopped it about three and a half miles unfortunately we were very lost and it took us some time before we found our way back to a train station but I think in hindsight, it was just a really good way to kick off July because it was on the 1st of July and it kind of just like really allowed me to see what it means to sort of stop myself and stop that part of my brain from telling me to push myself over the edge and rather just stop my watch and call a day with a short 5k run and instead spend the rest of the day relaxing and refueling and just eating lots of good food. And that's exactly what I did. And then I came back the next day and had a great run and and I think I'm just learning more and more how to listen to my body. And I think that like I'm trying to tune more into that than the voice in my head that is trying to push me over the edge and always have me be so go, go, go. But if that is something that you relate to at all, just know that you're not alone because it's something that is not easy for some of us that are overachievers and have felt that we have to like meet these crazy high standards our entire lives. I think it's just learning as adults that it's okay to slow down. It's okay to have days where you don't necessarily operate at the same capacity that you did the day before and allowing yourself to have those rest days and having allowing yourself to be able to breathe and so without being said I'm going to stop going off on a tangent because I feel like I could talk about this topic for ages and maybe it'll be its own episode one day but without further ado let's just jump right into the episode
Right. So I'm going to start this episode just debriefing the 10K training itself, and then we'll go into some more race day related things. But I'm going to start by saying that I have not ever properly done a 10K training block for a 10K race. Whilst I have done 10K races in the past, they've kind of just been like on a whim and a last minute sign up just to see how I go. And so it was very different to go through a proper training block of focusing specifically on a 10K. And I've heard a lot about how, you know, focusing on 5K and 10K sort of shorter distance races help you run faster in half marathons and full marathons. And so it already was very appealing to me from that aspect because you guys know that I want to get that BQ in Chicago. And so I, but I don't think I was prepared for just how tough this training was going to be. And I think it definitely challenged me in a lot of ways, not just physically, but mentally as well. And if you follow me on social media, you would have seen that especially in relation to Friday track sessions, those really, really were tough, especially the first few. I just really had a hard time trying to get my head around how to hit these paces, but also be okay with not hitting these paces. And it was also my first time being on a track. I've never run on a track up until this training block, and so that was very new for me. And I think that's something that I learned about running on a track very quickly is that if you compare it to going to a park and running loops around a park and doing your speed sessions at a park, there are going to be things like inclines, declines, bumps in the gravel, and just not flat surfaces along the way. And typically, you can blame the fact that you don't hit your paces on things like that and just essentially blame the park. But when you're running on a track and everything is completely flat, there's nothing in your way and you can see like the entirety of the track, there's really nothing that's sort of holding you back but yourself. And I think that that was something that was really hard to accept in the beginning of like, it's just me that's not able to hit these really fast paces and especially trying to get into my 10K race pace with the with the time that I was telling my coach that I wanted to hit it that was also a very uncomfortable thing in the beginning that I just was really struggling to hit there were a lot of sessions where I would just out hit it or I would barely hit it or I'd scrape the surface and others where I did hit it but it like physically did not feel like I was or it just felt like I had to push myself so much harder than I was prepared to and so I mean regardless I mean needless to say a lot of these were actually just very emotional sessions and if anyone knows me I'm just an emotional sensitive person and so I think it was just very hard for me to accept that I would fail at some of these sessions. And I think that something that I've learned now over time over this training block is that it's okay to fail. It's okay to not hit every single pace and every single interval. And it's really hard to accept that being someone, again, just relating to the highs and lows, like someone who holds herself to a very high standard. Like, I will be, I was very hard on myself. I will be very honest. Like I was way too hard on myself for not hitting these paces. And now that I speak to my coach, I mean, she said today, even after my threshold session that went really well today, that even with that first interval, sometimes it's just like you might run that a bit slower because of the first one that you're getting out of the way, but the next few you'll hit them and it'll feel great. But I think that for a while with these sessions, I was waiting for the session where everything would feel right. And I felt really bad because if you watch like the very first 
track session video that I put out, I shared that like Gabriel was going to help pace me and pace me for race day. And so he joined me for a good number of these track sessions. And he was really great because he would like basically run me through these track sessions and be running at the pace that I needed to run at. And so he was really helping me in terms of like doing the correct pacing. But even when it comes to like lapping your on your watch around a track, like all these things, I just never really knew about it. And I never knew about like you know, how to properly like run along a track and how what it means to run on the inside lane versus like the second to the inside lane and how that can all deter your time. And so I think that I was so fixated on the numbers on my Garmin that I wasn't actually focusing or trying to learn really anything about what it means to do a session on a track. And so over time, I've definitely learned and I feel incredibly stupid for <laughs> just how emotional I got in some of those initial sessions. But I think that when I look at it, when I look back at it now, it was all really, truly worth it because today was my last speed session before race day, four days out from race day. And it was just like, it was exactly what I was waiting for. And it was exactly what I was like craving in terms of like training runs. And I just kept waiting to have that one workout where everything works out and like everything is perfect. And, you know, if anything, like you go above and beyond. And this was the very first time that I could actually like not only hit my 10k race pace, but go even faster. And so I really shocked myself and and it felt really good. It felt comfortable. It didn't feel like I was huffing and puffing and pushing myself too hard. And so I've really learned with this 10K training block that there is a lot to be said about just like putting your head down and getting these workouts done and just trying to not let it get to your head. I was really thinking of Philly Bowden's merch and her like saying around love the grind. I think that like today was such a strong indicator of that in terms of like like, I just really felt like everything, all those workouts that I grinded through, like, really led to, to today. And I wouldn't have been able to hit the paces that I hit today without all of those prior sessions where... I really had to go through a lot of bad sessions where I was struggling. I was feeling really low and bad about myself. But I think that, yeah, there's a lot to be said about like not every session is going to be your best. Not every session is going to be to feel as good as, you know, that one feels where everything just works out and everything aligns. And I think that that's the beauty of running is that like even if you have a bad session, you can put your head down and you can just, you know, like let yourself feel those feelings as someone who's very emotionally sensitive but then like you know get up the next day and try again and I've done an episode as well about having a bad training week and I had one of those weeks during this training block where it just felt like every single run just felt so off and there was just something about it even the easy runs just didn't feel easy and again even that's normal like not just focusing focusing on like bad training runs, but you can have an entire week of them. But then the week after, you can pick yourself back up again and everything just starts to flow. Everything starts to feel right again. But it's really learning to love the grind and love the process of the, these training blocks and just trusting the process as well. And if you have a coach like me trusting your coach that everything is going to work out and that there's a reason that they're putting these really tough sessions in. And so that, and so I think today was really an indicator of that and a moment of like, okay, like now I kind of see why I had to struggle through all of the prior sessions to lead up to today's session. And now I feel 
really positive and really confident ahead of race day. I'm really excited. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't nervous for a good amount of time of the training block, especially when I wasn't hitting those paces. I was just like, you know, am I going over my head? Am I, is this time goal too quick for me? Because just holding that race pace for the few minutes at a time per interval that my coach was assigning felt hard. And so I was just like, how in the world am I supposed to hit, hold this pace for an entire 10K race? Like that's going to be so uncomfortable and feel impossible. And I think now I feel, I will say that I feel a lot more confident and just excited, but I think it doesn't, I guess it, not, it doesn't necessarily translate to my A goal being that time goal. And I will go into that in a second. But I wanted to, yeah, just say that and share the reality that like 10K training and really this could apply to any training block, but just sharing the reality that not every training block is going to be perfect. Not every training block is going to feel easy or feel like it's going to plan like maybe a prior one, but just learn to, you know, trust the process, trust your coach, trust the the training plan that you're doing and just keep going because I think at the end of the day discipline is going to be your best friend and just keeping you know getting those sessions in listening remembering to listen to your body and don't push yourself if you really really strongly feel like you can't do a session but I think that then brings me on to my a b and c goals so as I said my a goal is actually not to hit that time goal that is actually my B goal. So my B goal is to try and get a 745 time. That right now just seems so incredibly fast. And while my PV at the moment is 4738, it is going to be very hard, I think, to push myself to a sub 45 because that's almost three minutes off my time. And so I think that it's going to take a lot for the service to align on Sunday at ASICS 10K. So we'll see sort of what the weather's looking like, how I'm feeling, and really make sure that, you know, also I just don't think that it would be the right sort of time and place to be pushing myself to the limit because, again, I'm saving a lot of that for Chicago Marathon in October. And for me, this just wouldn't be the time to push myself too, too hard and I wouldn't want to risk an injury or anything so that's why my a goal is actually just getting a pb i think would be amazing and whilst i'm saying now that my a goal is to pb and get faster than a 4738 i also want to share a really good insight from my friend harriet that she shared on her on her story last night specifically about asics 10k as well about the fact that a lot of us as runners whilst we would love to pb these races and pb every single race that you run the reality is that that's just not possible and so it's being able to come to terms with the fact that as runners you're not going to pb every single race that you run and so i'm going into this like with the knowledge that there's a good chance that i may just not pb at all if i do pb that would be great. But then I think that's why the B goal is then, well, if I PB and I can, you know, run really fast, getting a sub 45 would be amazing. And then if, you know, I think C goal for me will always be just not to get injured and to have fun. I think that's the most important thing. And last week I went to, I was invited to run with the Essex Running Club from their Oxford Street store. And there were a number of people there that were, had either run Essex 10K before or were going to. And I heard nothing but good things about just the crowd, the course and the day itself. So I'm really looking forward to it. I've seen the medal already and it looks so cool. And I'm 
excited to add it to my wall of medals and bibs. And so I think obviously at the end of the day, it is all about having fun and enjoying taking off another race, another training block and celebrating all of the hard work that I've put in. And so I'm really excited to see it all pay off this weekend. And so that brings me to the last part of this episode. And I, so part of the last part of this episode was pre-recorded before I share. So when I first shared about running Asics 10K, I did this video with Gabriel at my first track session where he ran me through a track session. And at the end, we shared the big news that he would be pacing me for Asics 10K. And so I'm, I'm really, really sad to say that at the moment that likely, highly likely not to happen just because because he has unfortunately re-injured himself and it was really unfortunate and I feel so so bad because you know when I think of injury and like when he and I sort of met it was we were both kind of coming out of injuries so I feel like we both really connect on that and just deeply understand how much running injuries suck and so I really don't want to like I don't want to, you know, put any pressure on him to try and still run it with me because I just don't think that that would be worth it. And both of us have races in September with a big half that we really want to try and do well at. And so I think I'm just really thankful and grateful that he was there for me to be able to help me through a lot of these really tough track sessions because I genuinely don't think that I would have been able to get through them without him, which says a lot about how hard these track sessions were because they just were really, really tough on me. And I just really genuinely didn't think that I could hit pace with most of these. And he was really able to help me approach it in a really smart way and sort of, you know, build myself up, start from the slower end of a pace range that my coach wanted me to hit and slow and sort of build up and he knows a lot more about running than I do so I just feel like I'm constantly learning from him and I am just really grateful for him and I'm really really like sad obviously that we can't do the race together but I only ever I just want him to get better because I feel like the moment it happened we were together over the weekend it just like I felt something in me like as it happened and as as I watched him injure himself and I just felt it so deeply of like oh like I mean you guys know because I made all those episodes about injury and all those videos and just how tough that can be on runners mentally so I really do feel for him and I'm just gonna be there for him but for Asics 10k this weekend it will just be me racing on my own and so I still want to share this snippet that he and I recorded because I think that it's still really great because I really just wanted to have him chat through what you know the training looks like from his perspective in terms of you know he's gone through 10k training blocks before he's very well versed with the training and just running in general I think that he has a plethora of knowledge more than I do and so it was really great to have him on and do sort of a little snippet interview with him and so enjoy this little snippet and I will see you in the next episode where I'm hope hopefully going to be recapping a 610k very very soon in an episode in a few weeks
All right, so I've got Gabriel here today for the episode, and if you follow me on social media, you would have seen a video introducing the fact that Gabriel's going to be pacing me for the Essex 10K. And so today I really wanted to have Gabriel on for us to chat through realistic goals, how the track workouts have either aided or maybe worked against me in training for the Essex 10K, as well as race strategy. So we've got Gabriel here today. I don't know if you wanted to say hello. Hi, everyone. <laughs> so in terms of the Essex 10K, I mean, first and foremost, let's just get this out of the way that Gabriel is much faster than me. He just got a new 10K PB of 3707. Yeah. And so this is going to be a walk in the park for him, um, which is going to be hilarious. But we're aiming for he's basically going to try and pace me to a sub 45 10K. My PB at the moment is 47 something, I can't remember, but we'll talk through some realistic goals because while I say that we're going to try and go for sub 45 and Gabriel's pacing me for a sub 45, realistically, I'm going to say that my A goal is actually just to PR, so anything better than 47 minutes because I think realistically when we look at my pacing and what my coach has set out and sort of what I'm able to actually hold in these workouts, 46 minutes seems to be more of the realistic aim. And so, I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, we'll see what happens on race day, right? It's yeah. a little bit different. Yeah, but it's kind of like, like you were saying earlier, like 50-50, it all depends on external factors. It depends on what the weather is like, how my legs are feeling, if the if my gels and my... Yeah. Morton drink or sitting right or not. Yeah, but we'll give it our best shot. Yeah, yeah. Beagle will obviously be to go for that sub 45, which would be amazing. I would honestly be happy even with a 44.59, but we'll see. Fingers crossed. It's quite a fast pace. And so we'll get into that when we talk about track workouts. But Seagulls obviously is always not to get injured. And both of us having gone through injuries earlier this year, feel like that's just like ultimately our biggest goals. Just for every single race yeah. going forward. Forever. Yeah. Because it's not fun not running. <laughs> so in terms of track workouts, so this was totally brand new to me. And Gabriel basically has joined me for almost every single track workout. And I thought it'd be interesting to have Gabriel chat about, from his perspective, how he feels these have gone. Because you guys have been able to see, if you follow me on like TikTok or Instagram, my recap videos of how emotional I may get <laughs> but I feel like Gabriel's more experience with I mean this was my first time overall training for a 10k and you've had more experience with I think just training in general and having more set out training and like training for shorter distance races and you have set foot on a track much long before I ever have yeah but I don't know what what were your like biggest standout points from some of those workouts? I feel like getting used to running on a track is a little bit tough, yeah. like from a mental point of view, because it's really like, you know, when you're running through like Battersea Park or somewhere like nice and scenic, it's easy to like tune out and have a look at the surroundings, etc. Whereas like on a track, there's really a kind of nowhere to hide. Mm. And you're also like super aware around whether you're hitting pace or not, because yeah. like you're just going around and you'll know like after 400 meters, like where you're at. Yeah. So I think it was a little bit tough for you at first, right? yeah. yeah. but I feel like some of those workouts have been really productive and it allows you to see exactly what race pace will feel like. And I think you've adapted to it really well. Yeah. I feel like one of the biggest things in the beginning was 
learning about how like even just like where you run on a track hmm. because at first i was running behind you with some of those faster paces for some of those first ones yeah and you would run for example on the inside of the track and i would run maybe the second lane from the inside but i didn't know how much that actually like throws off your pace and so like i always thought almost almost every one of the first few workouts few track workouts i felt like I kept, like, my Garmin kept saying, for example, that I wasn't hitting pace. But then I was learning, and you were telling me about, like, how on, like, your watch, for example, there's, like, a track function yeah. that quite literally, like, laps you and, like, is a lot more accurate versus, like, me just looking at my Garmin. And I've just inputted this workout that's not necessarily specifically a track workout. Mm. And so I think that was, I think, mentally the worst part for me is just, like, thinking that I was not on pace, but then, like, looking at your stats after and seeing that like actually we hit it perfectly every time because yeah. you knew what you were doing yeah but that's good right <laughs> good <laughs> definitely uh character building moments Some fun times it was also the first time that you've done like speed work with no headphones yeah and i feel like that was a big thing for you as well right yeah i am quite dependent on music but i feel like that's something that i always admire about other people and like like, you do it sometimes, too. Or, like, you're able to do it without music, and I feel quite dependent on it. And so, I mean, I've said to you that there's a pretty good chance that I'm going to be wearing headphones on a race day. Yeah, Noise-canceling ones as well. <laughs> no, I would have it on transparent. I really, I feel like that would be the perfect opportunity to get, like, a pair of shocks. Mm. Because then it's like, I still have the music, I can hear you, I can hear the crowds. And, but I also struggle because sometimes it's like, I just want to tune out the world, and I don't even want to listen to my own breathing, which... Gabriel says apparently it's very loud. <laughs> but I just have big lungs, I guess. Wait, you should be proud of that. <laughs> but yeah, I think there have been good sessions, there have been bad sessions. And but I think that I'm learning that with, and I've not even properly trained for a 5K, for example. And I can't imagine how much tougher that is. But like with a 10K, I feel like it just feels like it's going to be faster than any speed workout you do for like half marathon or marathon training yeah. because you're trying to go faster and it's just a little more uncomfortable would you do your speed workouts on a track for a marathon block i don't know actually i mean are you a convert i think so i feel like i mean i'm just thinking of the ankles at this point mm. because that was the biggest thing is i always used to go to like parks and run loops in circles yeah and but like if you're wearing like carbon plated shoes in a park where like the pavement's all uneven that's just a recipe for disaster these ankles wouldn't hold up the tries they already have but that's what's great about tracks is that it's super flat and there's nothing that's gonna like make me trip up hopefully yeah. other than my own feet yeah hasn't happened yet though. yeah good. we'll see good girl one more track workout this time <laughs> But I mean, that kind of, I guess, leads us into like race strategy. And we were talking about that today because I did do a like 5K sort of test park run race, if you will, to test out my 10K pace the other weekend. And it didn't feel great. And I'm very grateful that I'm going to have you there to pace me. And because I feel like I've been just trying. I really wanted to try this year to learn to go out slower and contain that pace a bit. Because I remember saying to my coach, all I remember at Manchester was just like when you were like running alongside me some of those bits 
And I just kept saying to you, like, I was looking at my hand, looking at the times that I'd written down. And I kept saying to you, I went out too fast. I screwed it up. I've like, you know, and I basically thought that like the last 10K was going to be horrible. Yeah. And then somehow it wasn't. And you just go faster and faster. Yeah. But I feel like that's very rare. Like that's like, you know, that those are like the moments where you have like the race. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the times that's just like, unfortunately, not the case. So it's better, I feel like, to learn and practice being more sensible. So, yeah, I think in terms of like race strategy, it's definitely I'm hoping I think it's just going to be smarter to start slower yeah. and gradually build up. But, you know, I think what you were saying earlier was around like. I think it would be good if we set out a roughly race pace mm. but give yourself some breathing room and we've tried that in some of the workouts before like we do some of the first intervals at a slightly slower pace and then like build into the workout yeah and luke's been quite good your coach when he set this as well because he does some of the later intervals be like to feel mm. instead of like a specific pace and you've yeah. been hitting like sub seven minutes on those ones yeah so you've got it in you yeah. the speed is there do you know what i mean and so I think what we were thinking was if we set out a slightly slower pace, not too slow, and we want to keep an eye on some of like the paces in the actual race with their 45-minute flags, and then uh, between you know six to eight kilometers, which is where it kind of really matters for setting a time, try and reel them in. Mm-hmm. And so we can give it that last push and get under 45 in the last kilometer or so. But like that's where, that's I feel like where everything will pay off in terms of like if we do set out slower, yeah, like that's when you start to pass all the people that were like sprinting ahead in the beginning. Yeah. And that's always such a good feeling. That's when the rush starts. Yeah. And so like that's that's what I'm like banking on in terms of like having like a really in terms of like sub 45 happening. It has to be very strategic. I yeah. feel like more strategic than like the half or marathon that I've done this year. The two ha- like those I feel like with Cambridge manchester hackney like while my coach gave me times it wasn't like these are strict versus like this is like you need to hit these times or you need to sort of like be at these certain points at certain yeah points of the race or else you basically just aren't there yeah but i feel like it's going to be a funny combination between it's still going to hurt yeah that pace but you still have to be patient because you know that you're going to kick later on in the race and get even faster yeah so it goes yeah but I think that's, yeah, we'll see how it goes. And how do you think you've gotten like quite a good snapshot into my 10K training? Mm. And like, I think obviously I've shared a lot about like, I feel like I'm more experienced with like the marathon and half marathon. But like, I guess, do you think it's like a true testament to like how 10Ks compare to like tra- like the training for a 10K versus training for a marathon? Yeah, I feel like there's a big difference than that, right? Yeah. You're much more experienced with training for a marathon. Yeah. And I feel like the training for that is very much like those long, easy, like slow miles with a little bit of speed work. Yeah. And it kind of like hurts in a different way, right? Because it's yeah. like the build up of like week after week of high mileage. Whereas 10K and 5K is like that sharper pain. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You do like VO2 workouts and it, like, it hurts your lungs. Yeah. And it's like you're breathing that hurts and you're sucking in air. And so it's like a different experience for training block, right? Mm. One thing I would say I'm excited to see how you do because in training like placing all our cards on the table and being honest like it's been a struggle for you to hit that 10k pace yeah. for like some of those longer intervals on the track 100 percent. 
But one thing that I'm always impressed by by you is like you really do perform on race day. Mm. And I feel like we saw that in your marathon times as well. Like the difference between your long runs versus marathon pace yeah. is really quite, it's good. Do you know what I mean? In a yeah. good way. And so I'm excited to see like what happens when it comes to 10K. Yeah. The other thing you have on your side is you set a fast 5K time and you set a mile PB recently. Mm. But in terms of like stamina versus speed, I would say stamina is like your go-to yeah. the marathon training that you've done. Yeah. And so I feel like when you compare to other runners, like there might be a bigger drop off for them from their 5K to their 10K. Mm. But because you have that additional stamina, mm. hopefully the drop off won't be so severe. Yeah. So even though it feels impossible to like maintain that 5K pace for any longer than 5K, if you just have that like sh- little bit of cushion a little bit slower, mm. can you go full 10K at that pace? I think that'll be an interesting thing to find out. Yeah, we'll see. I've been nervous for sure, but... But it's good, right? Yeah, no, it'll be good. I'll be nervous. Yeah, I think there'll, yeah, there'll be a lot of other factors that I don't have during training, like adrenaline, the crowds, and... Yep more i feel like i'm I'm better about fueling when it comes to race day pre mm. during and post race one thing i'm excited about is it's like a central london closed road race yeah and there aren't that many of them yeah so maybe some london marathon vibes will start creeping in that's true that's so true yeah but we did also look at the course yeah and it's like there are a few out and backs and twists and turns right it's gonna be great so we'll have to navigate those appropriately yeah but yeah should be good yeah Definitely. And Gabriel's going to document. I'll be filming. How are we getting those shots? I don't think I don't think this will be a race that I'll be able to pull out my phone every mile and be like, one mile, two miles. Unless you want to hear her panting. <laughs> Just breathing really loudly. <laughs> but yeah, should be good. Should be very good. We'll see. July 9th? Yeah. Let's do it. All right, everyone, that's going to wrap up another episode of the Resiliency and Running podcast. I really do hope that you enjoyed it. Thank you to Gabriel for coming on for a little snippet at the end of the episode. And if you ever have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on the links in the show notes of the episode and make sure to check out RIR merch. It is linked in the show notes as well. Otherwise, I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Bye.